Over 30 years of advice for your house, home, castle, or cabin. Y'all have things you want to get done. It's Rosie on the House. Good morning, Arizona homeowners, and thank you again this morning for tuning in to your Saturday morning tradition. It's my house, Rosie on the House. And we've got the doors thrown wide open. I want you to pour yourself a cup of coffee right there in the kitchen. Come on in, sit down. If you've got something you want to try and tackle in about and around your house, home, castle, or cabin, give us a call and let's see if we can't use our building experience in Arizona to and put it to work for you, helping you solve whatever you're trying to tackle. As you know, we always bring special guests into the studio this morning, respected experts in their perspective arenas. And this morning, I've got Mr. Tyler Johnson of Johnson Roofing, Rosie Certified Roofing Contractor serving the greater Phoenix metro area. Tyler, good morning. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you, sir. Well, we appreciate you coming in. Roofing is, um, you know, uh, people call me all the time with, what should, I, what should I do first? And the first thing I ask them, are you going to expand the footprint or not? No, I'm not. Then the next question I have, is your roof good? <laughs> right? It all starts yeah. there, you know. Before you can proceed another step, make sure you're protecting everything that's under your roof. Yes, sir. That's correct. You can't uh, you can't have a house where you're going to be uh, raining on your tra- raining on your plants on the inside. Amen. And y'all y'all been uh, licensed, bonded, insured here in the Phoenix metro area, Arizona, for how long? Uh, we've been in business since 2004. All right. And y'all are a fairly recent certified partner of Rose on the House. We've had you on the network here for about a year, and I can't tell you how much I appreciate the feedback I'm getting from all the homeowners that have found you there and used you and let us know how happy they are with how you take care of your business. Oh, it's great working with Rosie customers. They are they tend to be more knowledgeable than the average customer. They are very specific in their wants, but it's also great to deal with people that know what they're doing. Well, we, we've, we've worked a lot of years to put together a relationship and People call us here all the time during the week, and it's our goal to be every Arizona homeowner's best friend. So we just try and keep finding people like you that can carry that legacy and that vision forward and outward and upward. I appreciate it. Can we talk a couple minutes now? Folks that have been in their homes any number of years uh, may have the option. We've had a couple wet years. We have a couple dry years. It was, I think it was recently we went like seven months with no rain last year and this year it's been a fairly wet winter i always kind of keep track of the winter rains because i like to keep track of the spring blossoms and the quail hatches and things like that but uh a fairly wet winter this year y'all relatively busy oh yes sir it's it's been a very wet winter it's been the long rains that soak in that actually cause a lot of leaks so um, we've had the opportunity to help a lot of customers in the past few months getting their roofs up to shape for the coming monsoons and that's something else homeowners don't realize is the different types of leak. The, there could be a leak in those summer driving monsoons that only last 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. Much different than the three-day slow drippy rains that come in here in December, in January. Yeah, it's, it's kind of funny where you, these long, long soaking rains, even though they're just light rains, you'll see a lot more leaks than you would typically with the storms that come in, drop a whole bunch of water, and then they're gone. They just don't have enough time to soak through your roof, your (laughs) insulation, your plywood, and then your drywall for you actually to see the damage on the inside of the house. And I don't think, if if I gave you a nickel for every time you went out to look at a roof leak and you actually found out it was a stucco parapet, would you be a rich man? 
Uh, no, but I definitely wouldn't be eating beans for the rest of my life. It, there's a lot of those. I mean, parapet stuccos are really uh, the bane of, of, of weather protection in a home. I agree with the other 100%. Uh, ladders get leaned up against there. The drywall, the stucco gets cracked. The uh, bitumen, the bitumen wrap on the top of the framing wasn't done right. Uh, stucco cracks. It's made to crack. It always cracks. And mm-hmm. people think they have a roof leak because they see water coming down an outside wall to a, a window header. Uh, anything above your ceilings, your roof, right? There's That's no right. parapets That's up right. there. Yes, no, it's... <laughs> It's, it's really hard sometimes telling a customer that you have a brand new roof, but it's leaking and it has nothing to do with the roof. We, we had a customer recently. We went out and uh, it was leaking where we'd done a repair and we actually <laughs> took the chimney cap off of the chimney and we looked inside the chimney and there's just, a you know, all the plywood was rotted on the inside of the chimney, you know, three feet above the roof line. Oh, man. It was, that was an interesting conversation to have. Well, as we're educating homeowners on roofing materials... Let's just kind of start at the economy grade. Okay. What, uh, which I'm going to assume, correct me if I'm wrong, is just going to be a three-tab asphalt fiberglass shingle, right? You'd be surprised, but no. Um, okay. Uh, the three-tab shingles, due to their their drop in demand, their price is almost the same, if not even a little more expensive than a typical uh, architectural uh, dimensional shingle. Okay. So what would be that? most economical step into the roofing protection. You know, if you're going to go with a sloped roof, I'd probably say just the shingle roof. It's And it's it's a good system. It lasts maybe 20 years, um, very worry-free, uh, but it is definitely the cheapest system that you got out there. And there's lots of levels of shingle investment you can make. Absolutely. There's, there's the builder grade, and then there's, like you say, the architectural dimensional shingles that I think some of those manufacturers extend their warranty up beyond 20, 30 years. Well, it's, it, there's a caveat. Um, okay. Most shingles now are going to be a lifetime, but then they, what they're going to do is they'll give you a 10-year warranty and then they'll start prorating them after that. Okay. So any, any of the standard 30-year shingles that you have on the market nowadays, they're going to label them as lifetime. But if you look at the fine print at about year 25, you're your warranty is worth just a little bit more than the paper that it's written on. Okay. All right. So that that shingle is is just a good it's it's proven. Mm-hmm. Uh it's got a very successful track record here in Arizona and it's lived its 20, 25, 30 year life and you need to re-roof. Right. I know a lot of roofers that'll just go right on the top of that first layer. What's your feeling about that? I definitely wouldn't recommend it. I mean, okay. it can be done. It is per code. It, it's allowable. There are certain steps you have to make sure you have to do to make sure it it's done properly. But you know, you're not able to inspect plywood. You're not able to put the proper papers down. There's there's just a lot of things that go into a roof that you're not allowed to do if you overlay the shingles, like you're saying. So we remove the old layer of shingles and right. we do an inspection of. Uh, rafter tails, fascia board, uh, plywood, uh, decking material. And then what's our next step? At that point, on a shingle roof, on you, a just, shingle you roof. know, you got to put your underlayments down, your felt papers. It can okay. be either organics or synthetics. You put your shingles down, make sure that you, you know, proper nail pattern, proper flashings, proper sealants in the proper locations. And that's pretty much it. Shingle roofs are very, very simple. Um, they're they're designed to go on quick. That's why you'll see about 80% of the country is predominantly shingles. Yeah. Um, they just don't do as well here in the heat that they do, you know, say back in Missouri or Ohio. 
Nothing does. No, absolutely not. <laughs> but as we step up from the shingle, what are, are y'all doing any wood shakes at all? We we do maybe two or three roofs a year in you wood do? shake. Really? And Here in the valley. Hey. When the customer asks you to do something, yeah, you yeah. tell them, I don't recommend it. And they yeah. say, I want to pay for it. Well, yeah. then you say, yes, sir. And you go about doing it. And boy, they've gotten proud of those. They are expensive with oh, everything. Man. And they just don't last, you know, two years down the road. They're the most beautiful roofs out there. Four years down the road, they turn brown. And that's the way they're going to be for the next 20 years until you have to replace them. Yeah. They're, 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 a, they're a tough product to talk people out of, but boy, I try to every chance I get. The Tudor-style homes, you know, they just feel like, hey, it's been that way since it was built. Mm -hmm. You're not going to convince me to go into a dimensional. I want the real thing. I said, well, God bless you. Here's the real thing. <laughs> but boy, they are pricey. All right. So we've got the, the shingle, then we've got the shake. We just and any wood product we've touched on. Like, and then what we see probably more than any in Arizona is that tile roof. Now, that tile roof can still be made of several different things. You know, you've got your two basic categories. You've got your concretes, which are very run-of-the-mill. They're going to be the least expensive, builder-grade style. Um, lots of variations in colors and styles. You can go flat. You can go low-profile. You can go high-profile. Um, then you're going to go over to your specialty products, which would be your clays. And, you, you know, once again, there's hundreds of kinds of different clay tiles. Uh, they've been making those since the Roman times, 3,000 years ago. And it's interesting, note, you know, how, how those clay tile were originally made is it was just a clay product folded over a person's thigh. Mm -hmm. and, and it was the thigh that sh shaped the kind of conical shape of it and gave the flair to it. And you would just keep wrapping those clay molds around your thigh and set them to dry in the sun and then pass them up to the roofer. Yeah. And you can still get those uh, handmade uh, clay tiles nowadays. You can. Yes. Uh, most of the, the sand cast clay tiles are handmade. Okay. All right. And, and that they're going to be on the higher end of the tile options, right? Right. With a clay tile, they tend to break more. They're harder to install. There's a lot more labor. There's a lot more detail that goes into it. Um, you know, a, a concrete or a tile roof is composed of two basic parts. There's a primary and a secondary roofing system. Right. Um, so your secondary roofing system is your tile. Your primary. It's what, what you see. It's what you see, exactly. Yeah, it's the architectural side of the roof. And so the underlayment has to be a lot heavier duty on a tile roof or clay tile roof than a concrete tile roof because you're going to have more breakage and it's just going to last. You're not going to get the life out of them. Yeah. So that two steps of a roof, now that we're in a tile roof, I'm going to want to come back to that because, boy, you hear a lot of conversations from the different rivers. You ask... Ten plumbers, what's better, PEX or copper? You'll get ten different answers. You ask ten roofers, what's the best underlayment to put under tile? And you'll get ten different answers. But when we come back, we're going to get one specific answer from Tyler Johnson of Johnson Roofing, who's here with us in studio this morning talking about the most important element of your entire home, and it's your roof. Because, baby, if you aren't protected from what's fallen from the sky, you're not protected at all, and you're just fighting an ongoing wrestling match. Let's get the roof put up. Let's get it secured right. And then when that little cloud shows up on the horizon, we can go on the back patio and enjoy it rather than start looking 
for the Bucket Brigade. If you're looking for a new vehicle right now, you don't even have to leave your house. Just go to SandersonFord.com. And they've just announced they're offering 0% interest on purchases up to seven years. 0% interest. And they'll defer the first payment for 120 days. Folks, if you're looking to get into a new vehicle and you've been putting it off or too busy, well, you've got the time now, and now you've got the opportunity to deal with the number one Ford dealership in America. It's Sanderson Ford. Get on the website, SandersonFord.com. If you want to go look at the 64 acres of inventory, go ahead. They're sanitizing everything. Lots of people are in the showroom, but everybody's doing it under current COVID-19 protocol. It's safe. So new vehicle, you only need to be thinking two words, Sanderson Ford. Hey, y'all, welcome back to Rosie on the House, where I've got our roofing expert, Rosie certified roofing expert, Mr. Tyler Johnson of Johnson Roofing. And going into break, we were just getting into the importance of the two components of any tile roof. You've got the architectural component that you see, and that can be any one of several different types of tile, but that's not the roof. Tyler, what's the roof? So, you know, your roof is composed of two basic parts, at least a tile roof. You've got the tile and you've got the underlayment. A tile roof is only, when I say tile, I'm talking strictly the concrete or the clay on top, is only about 90 to 95% waterproof. Underneath it, that's where your real protection comes from, and it's the felt paper that goes underneath. It can be different styles, different types, asphalt saturated, SBS type asphalt, self-adhesive, but that's really what keeps your... Um, your house watertight. Now, in in the uh, big builders mm-hmm. who are trying to be as cost competitive as possible to try and get people into homes as affordably as possible, what's the very minimum that's accepted underneath those tile roofs? So the very minimum per code is going to be one layer of 30-pound asphalt-saturated organic felt. Let me just paint a picture for you. That's basically a black piece of paper about the thickness of a paper towel, maybe not even quite that thick. You can literally tear it with your fingernail. It will bake at 130, 40, 50, 160 degrees between the roof deck and the roof tile. Yes, it's acceptable. Yes, it's industry standard. Yes, it's code applicable, but it is absolutely the very bare minimum. What do y'all put in when a, when a homeowner wants to strip and replace? Okay, so, you know, there's tons of options, and it all has to do with the price. So you'll start out with, we won't do anything less than a 40-pound SBS. And SBS is a type of tar that's used in the felt, and it, it just, it's a lot better than the normal 30-pound you go 30-pound, 40-pound, 40-pound SBS, and on up the line. But we'll we'll start our refelts, is what we call them. We, okay. Know, we'll start those at a at the 40-pound felt. After that, we recommend, highly recommend going with two layers. So, you know, just to do a cost-benefit analysis here, your whole, let's just say your whole roofing system replacement is going to run $10,000. If you were to go and look at it, the only thing that we're really having to replace on your roof, not the flashings, not the tile, not the 
the batten boards, the sticks up there, it's the felt. That's going to be about 10 to 20% of the overall cost. If they'd have built your house with double, if they'd have added 20% to their overall cost, they would have had double the lifespan. So there's just absolutely no reason not to go with at least two layers of underlayment. When you walk up to a homeowner who's concerned about their tile roof, you can't see the underlayment. What, what do you do as a professional and expert in the field? What do you do to ascertain whether or not a refilt is it's due? Well, there's a lot of different factors. Number one is going to be age. Um, the underlayment sit in the sun, like you were saying, they get baked at 160, up to 200 degrees underneath oh, that tile. Um, and and it, you got to remember, it's tar that's keeping the water out. It Basically, it's paper with tar. The tar has gases in it. They gas off after about 20 years. There's just nothing left. All it is is a fluffy piece of paper that soaks up Crisp, the water. Crispy piece yep, of paper. It's gone. Yeah. So you, you put that into context. You get up there. You have to inspect it. Sometimes they'll last 20, 30 years, 40 years. Sometimes you might be lucky to get 15. It depends on how it was installed, how it's been maintained, et cetera. I mean, can you just put a ladder up against the fascia and go feel the crispiness of the underlayment? Well, you can, but you also got to remember that last little bit of underlayment, if it's exposed, well, it's been exposed. That's not going to tell you the overall condition. That's your worst case. Yep. So don't let a roofer convince you into replacing it if that's all they do to test the underlayment. You've got to look at the whole the whole roof as a whole. If not, all you're doing is you're using scare tactics to try to convince people to replace the roof. Okay, so you've got a 40-pound, 40 45-pound SBS? No, they don't do 45 pounds. You said 40? 40. Yes, okay, sir. okay. So that's your given underlayment. Is that is that a stick down? Is that a torch down? Is that a nail down? No. Um, one of the basic properties is your roof is a water shedding. It's not waterproofing. It doesn't have to be waterproofing because it's got the pitch. It's got the the flow to let the water off. So if you use with the, the sticking kind, that's great, but you're paying for something that's not absolutely necessary in a situation like this. It's absolutely necessary on a, on a low slope, on a, like a patio. Okay. But on a, on a steep roof, you don't have to have it. It's great. It works. It doesn't last any longer. But yeah, if you want the added protection and you're willing to pay for it, I highly recommend it. Okay. All right, so water shedding as opposed to waterproofing, that's a new concept for me in the world of roofing. I guess when you really want it to be waterproof is when you get below 212. Yes, sir. Or, a, or, or what we call a flat roof. That, that is exactly <laughs> the, the technical term is anything less than a 212, two inches of rise over 12 inches. That needs waterproofing. Okay. So we've talked about the shingle. We've talked about the tiles. And what I want to do when we come back around into we're going to break for bottom of the hour news here in just a minute. Uh, let everybody get caught up with what's going on around the, around the block, around the state, around the world. Uh, we'll be back with Tyler Johnson at Johnson Roofing. And I want to talk about what the options are in those flat roofs when it comes to really waterproofing. And maybe even uh, bring back the conversation about those notorious roof penetrations and the backside of those dang stucco parapets. Talking roofing this morning, you know, when we started this show 30-some years ago, everybody said it should be Rosie on the roof. I said, well, then 
then we would just be talking about roofs all the time. Let's call it Rosie on the House. But today we are talking roofs, and we're talking roofs with our trusted expert, Rosie Certified Johnson Roofing, Mr. Tyler Johnson. Again, thanks for taking time out of your day to join us and help educate the Arizona homeowner about the all-importance of that roof over their head. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. At, at the bottom of our break, we were just kind of getting into that flat roof component. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've talked about the shingles. We've talked about the tile. We've talked about the necessary, the underlayment, the difference between water shedding and waterproof. Um, I'm convinced, Tyler, I've been around long enough. When I was a carpenter in a nail belt, slamming up at walls at 4.30 in the morning in July and August in the middle of the summer with all those builders that just blew through town that said, well, we could just put a flat roof because it never rained in Arizona. And I can't tell you how many homes I've remodeled that were truly flat roofs, truly flat roofs (laughs) with the thought that, well, it won't pond up there. It's got to go somewhere. Eventually, it'll find its way to the eave and drip off. But boy, the the products, the building industry have tried to make work up on a flat roof. I mean, go through the history of, of, of what there's been. Wow, I uh, that's a that's a really wide open question. Oh gosh, you got oh let's start with the built up roll. Down. Start with the built up roll down. Just basically go down, dig up some old dyad dinosaurs and put them in a kettle, heat them up real hot, <laughs> throw some reinforcing in them, and call it a roof that lasts forever. Yeah. That's and, a great product. And, and if you're in an upgraded neighborhood, we're going to throw some white rocks on top hey, of it. Hey, you get white rocks, you get different size rocks. That's pretty much gone away. It's a dangerous product. You, you just saw so many roofers being, you know, carrying those hot buckets, 180, 190, 200 degree tar, buckets of tar up ladders. You know, anybody that did it has scars from those burns. Oh, man. So it's been about oh, probably 15 to 20 years before anybody has seriously put a whole lot of that type of product up there. There's no well, manufacturer's warranty on it. It's 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 a great product that just... Well, I bet you that made recruiting easier for the roofing industry oh, yeah. <laughs> to get rid of the hot tar. Oh, yeah. You know, now you're going to be on the roof. Now you're going to be on the roof and it'll just be 120. We're not going to be on the roof and have it 170 anymore. <laughs> well, that's what happened is after they got rid of the hot tar, they went over to the torch down. Hey, let's not carry the hot tar up. Let's make it molten on top of the roof. So we came out with these rolls right. uh, that were self-adhesive when heat's applied. So describe that uh, the torch down method. Well, the torch down, you put... If you're doing it right, you put down some sort of a protection for the plywood. You take a propane torch that shoots out about 6,000 BTUs, and you just burn the roll till it turns to liquid asphalt, and it sticks down. And that one was a hard one to do. That's actually what I started doing when I first started roofing back in 98. Wow. was torch down roofs. And, you know, I had a one time I had a thermostat on the back of my hard hat. I worked myself into a corner, you know, torching it up, pulled that hard hat off, wiped my helmet, looked at it, and I was like, 145 degrees. Oh, man. I'm done. Yeah. I'm done. <laughs> Can't we outlaw this roof product? That's pretty uh, much. And then it seems like to me, uh, foam kind of made its first appearance. I want to say that was early 80s. Oh, they've been doing it for years and years. Um, we started using it here in Arizona. Um, I'd say mid 80s. Okay. And their foam is an excellent product. If it's maintained, there's a much higher maintenance on a foam. It's it's impervious to everything except for sunlight. 
which as everybody knows in Arizona, that's the one thing we have a lot of. So that's why you see that foam is white instead of yellow because that white coating is, it's not a sealer. It's just a really, really, really good suntan lotion. And that's, that, and that's what you're replacing every five years. And that's that elastomeric paint coating. And, and I tell people when you're building from new, I mean, we've gone through the history of that with our stucco territorial walls and parapets. Well, first thing we did was we foam up the cant strip, go up 8, 9, 10, 12 inches, then foam down over the top of that, put a drip edge down there, lath it, double wrap the top of the parapet and call it good and stucco it. Then we quit doing the drip screed and we just said, look, we're going to let you stucco guys come in first. Don't put a drip edge there. File down to a casing bead that's three-eighths of an inch thick. We're going to foam right over the top of you and we're going to take the elastomeric right over the top of the parapet. So if a bird's flying over and they're looking down at your house, your roof, all they can see is elastomeric coating. Mm-hmm. We've, we've, we've tried several different varieties. And the problem with elastomeric, it, people don't realize, is it's not waterproofing. I mean, on the label, if you look deep enough, it's got a level of permeability that is designed. It is built knowing that water will go through it. It was never designed to be a waterproofing. And that's why a lot of these stucco walls, you wrap, oh, we'll just put coatings on yeah, top yeah, of them. Yeah. And next thing you know, it leaks. And why? Well, it's just going right through it. Roofing. <laughs> That, yep. we, that we don't really need in Arizona because it never rains here. There you go. All right, let's get back to our article of the week. We've kind of okay. spent the hour this morning kind of educating everybody about everything that's out there that's available by roofing. But this week in particular, we're talking and we're focusing on maintaining your roof. And we talk a lot about maintaining that tile roof. The main purpose of tile from a functionality standpoint, forget the whole cosmetics and everything else. But the main purpose is to protect the paper that's up there. So if you have one piece of concrete tile that breaks, it cracks. I mean, the expansion, contraction, there's a million things that could cause it to break. Um, if it breaks, now all of a sudden you've got, a, you've got the sun beating down on this paper. Uh, this 40-pound double underlayment, whatever you have up there, it's designed to withstand 60 days, maybe 90 days of UV degradation of, of weathering. Once you hit 90 days, you, you've compromised that system. Now, imagine that you let it go for two or three years. You never saw the broken tile. Guess what happens? There you, it is. There's $2,000, $3,000 worth of leaks, plus your interior damage, plus everything else that goes along with it. I wouldn't be in the roofing business without a drone. <laughs> Yeah. One, because I can't walk on tile without breaking them. But how would a homeowner assess a blind tile or a, or a ghost tile that they can't see behind a, a, a cripple or a blind valley? I mean, how do you assess those? You can do preventative or you can do reactive. Preventative is you have somebody out there um, doing maintenance on your roof. We've got packages where we'll go out once a year and just look it over, replace broken tile, do what needed. Um, you could do the reactive way as you just walk around inside your house every time it rains. <laughs> and then you see right where it's leaking. Now, that's the non-Rosie certified method. <laughs> <laughs> Although it's probably the more often used method. That's when we get calls is when it leaks for some reason. Yeah. Not when the tile breaks. So the tile can break. And I think people are surprised to find out uh, how, how much of a tile roof, Tyler, mm-hmm. is nailed down. Uh, 10 to 15, maybe 20%, depending on how your roof is set up. It's really the outside edges and, and the bar drafter areas. Yeah, picture frame. Anything that's, that's 
facing a wind uplift is required to be nailed down three rows in. So that's the bottom side, the top side, the edge side, the eave, rake, ridge, um, hips. All the rest of those tile are just sleeping in place. And I don't think most homeowners realize that. Yeah, I mean, it's a little more complicated than that. you got Interlocking. boards that are nailed yeah. down. There's a, there's a lip on the tile that hooks onto it. And that's why you don't see a whole lot of these tile falling off roofs because, you know, they're 10, pieces, 10 pounds a piece. They're hooked on there. But, yeah, you don't really need them to be nailed unless you're dealing with hurricanes like down in Florida. Yeah, absolutely. We don't generally have to deal with that kind of work. So visually check just for cracked top. That's your number one indication. Number two, watch closely for uh, mm-hmm. little water stains on your ceiling areas. Uh, what, what else could a homeowner expect to try and do themselves over the course of May, uh, when, when to alert Tyler? Well, without trying to scare people, I have had people call me that say, hey, I just got off my roof uh, or I broke my back. I need you to come fix my roof because I couldn't finish the job. And yes, it's only happened once or twice, but I just really don't want people to hurt themselves falling off ladders. It's, yeah. You get up there. If you don't know where to step on the tile, you can easily break them. I know all those places. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you found him by experience. You know, and then you get up there with the ripper and he dances across him like like he's walking on water. And man, I get out there and I just think about stepping on that tile. It cracks before my boot even hits the tile. Yes, sir. That's it, it is difficult to walk on tile without breaking it. But that's why we recommend at least once a year have somebody out on your roof. You figure you're probably going to have one or two broken tile every year at least. Sometimes more, sometimes less. Just It just depends. Palm. Fronds are a a big violator of that, aren't they? The palm, palm trees fronds. right up against the tree, right up against the house. Yeah, and, mesquite trees, painters, yeah. uh, the guys that put your Christmas lights on, the Cox guy who's putting something down. I mean, anybody that gets up there, the neighborhood kids getting up there retrieving basketballs yeah, or sure. baseballs. I mean, there's any number of reasons. Like we'd mentioned earlier, just expansion contraction. You go out and look at a piece of concrete in your driveway, and it's going to crack if it. Even if you're only seeing the expansion joints, it's still cracking down those joints. And that's concrete just cracks. So establish a relationship with a roofer you trust Mm -hmm. and just see what they offer in the way of uh, annual inspection. And is there a time of year that would be better than another to maybe have that inspection done? If you're doing those inspections constantly, not really. Good Um, point. As long as you're on top of it, if you're worried about the roof, then I would say either before monsoons or before the winter raining season, just to make sure. But if you're worried about it and you haven't had a roofer up there for five or six or seven years, you've probably got at least some broken tile and possibly some exposed underlayment that may or may not be showing damage inside your house. Now, what do you do as a roofer? You go up to a house and there's one tile right in the middle of the field, right in the middle of this huge gable in. And it's broken, and you can tell that underlayment right there in the middle is bad. What options does that leave you? Well, at that point, you're kind of behind the curve. I mean, if that underlayment <laughs> shot, that means the tile's been broken for, what, two, three, four years? Yeah. Now you got to pull off 20, 30 to 100 tile, depending on how far the damage of the paper's gone, and replace the paper, put it all back together, and then definitely replace that one tile that's been broken. And when you're doing a, a, a refelt of a tile roof... Um, generally speaking, how many tile will you think you can save? On a concrete tile roof, 90%. 90, yeah. Depending on, I mean, even more. You don't 
break a whole lot of them, concrete inherently gets stronger every year. Yeah. So you have 30, 40-year-old tile is going to be a lot stronger than the tile that we are going to put up there, brand new tile. It's going to get harder eventually, but new fresh concrete is not as strong as 40-year-old concrete. Well, I think I think absolutely one, just one of the takeaways I want our Arizona homeowners to take away today from Tyler Johnson of Johnson Roofing is when you do have to refill underneath your existing tile roof, that's the place to spend just a little bit extra money and essentially double the life of the roof you're putting back on. Get the right underlayment down. That's not the place to shortchange the project because you're only shortchanging yourself. Here with Tyler Johnson of Johnson Roofing, Rosie certified for the past about year, but been in business since 2004. We appreciate him joining us here at Rosie on the House. We'll be back and wrap things up. Oops, right after that. This, that, this. How you like that, Gary, huh? Hey. Here, you want more of that? Yeah. <laughs> Talking Roofing here at Rosie on the House with our designated expert of the day, Mr. Tyler Johnson of Johnson Roofing. Uh, well, I think we've got a lot of ground covered as it relates to Arizona homeowners' options when it comes to roofing. The number one takeaway I'd like to talk about is when y'all do have to refelt those tile roofs, pay for a good underlayment. Don't shortchange the project. Tyler, of all we've talked about this hour, what are your takeaways you want Arizona homeowners to really carry in their heart and at the top of their head about their roof? You know, I think that one of the key points on having a tile roof is it's, you know, people that are coming into the state from out of out of state or out of country. A tile roof is actually a much higher maintenance roof than a shingle roof. Shingle roof, it wears out, you replace it. It wears out, you replace it. Tile roof can be the same thing. You wear out, replace it. But the difference is on a tile roof, you can actually extend the life of that roof significantly by doing the proper maintenance, replacing the broken tile, by making sure your flashings are done properly, by, you know, those tile, like you were saying, they're not all nailed in. So sometimes a few of them will slip here and there, and that will expose the underlayment. If you get a qualified roofer up there, he'll be able to take care of all of those items for you at a negligible cost compared to either replacing the roof and or doing a major repair. So if you were to actually maintain your roof the way it was designed to be maintained, you can really get a lot more life and a lot better life out of that roof than you would otherwise. And that's not anything more than putting once a year a calendar to call the roofer you trust and have them just come take a look at the property. Tyler, are you are you comfortable just giving a an estimate? I know every size house is different, but what what would an annual check generally cost people? Oh, we, we actually published that on our website, johnsonroofingaz.com. We have a base maintenance package. It covers up to 20 broken tile, adjust flashing, broken mud ball, adjust tile, um, we'll give you a report with that, also letting you know, you know exactly what's wrong with your roof. And uh, that runs 350 bucks. Okay. Once a year. Once a year. Come, come, give me a good hard look and fix up to 20 tile, repair anything you think is a, a potential problem. We give you pictures with that. We show you what was done, what needs to be done, et cetera. Also, on top of that, we're actually rolling out a program where if you were to sign up, we actually guarantee your roof against leaks. Even though it wasn't ours, as long as your roof qualifies okay. for a monthly fee, we will do them we'll do two yearly maintenances as well as maintain your roof for you. 
And if I've got a 2,500-square-foot home and a sizable back patio and it's a 4 or 512 pitch, I've probably got close to 4,000 square feet of tile, 40 square. Mm -hmm. What am I going to spend to to refill a 40 square? Refill to 40 square, uh, if it's not too cut up, I'd say somewhere around $15,000. Okay, or three fifty a year to double the life of that roof. I wouldn't say double, but you definitely would ex- extend it. Okay, so we can find that maintenance warranty program at Johnson Roofing? Yep, or just call our office, 480-467-4572. And the website, one more time? Is johnsonroofingaz.com. And because you have made it through the tightest screening process of any contractor or referral network, you can also find them at rosieonthehouse.com. Well, again, it's a pleasure uh, having you as a relatively new partner in, in our 30-year history. You've joined us here in the last year. I appreciate you applying. I appreciate you putting yourself through the scrutiny that we put you through. And uh, welcome to the team and glad you're here. Thank you. And Johnson Roofing's... Uh, uh, been around since '04. Yes, sir. Uh, how, how many crews have you got out there on the road? Uh, we have eight full-time crews, employees okay. oh. um, that are running with us twenty, you know, every day. And and Johnson Roofing is your baby. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. It's actually a funny story here. Uh, my daughter, she hears me on the phone every day answering the phone, and so she's come to the conclusion that her name is. Lilith Johnson Roofing, not Lilith Lilith Johnson, it's (laughs) Lilith Johnson Roofing. Absolutely, I can understand that. So congratulations on your success to date. Congratulations on all of the uh, success you'll have in the future. Uh, Again, we really appreciate when we bring a new partner on. Uh, You're you're under a big uh, microscope to get in, and then you're under a bigger microscope for about the the first six months to make sure And again, I can't tell you how much I appreciate the feedback our Arizona homeowners are giving us on the service you're providing. So appreciate you carrying that Rosie on the House banner with your Johnson roofing banner. That's a great, great to be a part of the great, such a great team. All right, folks. Well, if you need to know anything about roofing, uh, just hit repeat on the podcast because I think we covered it all this hour as far as trying to inform you of the importance of the fact of a good, weatherproof, weather-tight roof. We talked you the difference between rainproofing and rain-shedding, if, if nothing else. But in either case, there's no rain entering your house, no moisture entering your attic, no hidden mold beginning to grow in your insulation or the sheetrock ceilings in your bathrooms and the rooms on the outside edges of your house. Okay? So, as we get ready to sign off for this hour... I want y'all to encourage encourage you to join us next hour. We'll be open line. Anything you're trying to tackle around your house, home, castle, or cabin, from the bottom of the foundations to the top of the rooftops and everything in between, call us, 1-888-767-4348. Get online now. The calls all load up very fast. Now's be a great time to jump on with the question you've been waiting to ask all week long, and we'll put our... 45 years of Arizona building experience to work for you, the Arizona homeowner. It's Rosie on the House in our ongoing journey and vision to become every Arizona homeowner's best friend.